All right. Pretty sure I actually hit record this time. Episode one. Let's do it. Just so everyone is is aware, it's taken us the five hours worth of time to try and figure out how to actually record a podcast. But here we are, Alex. What what are we even doing know. here? I don't know what we've gotten ourselves into. I I really <laughs> I'm really beginning to question everything. But uh, we're gonna give it a go. <laughs> we're just a couple of idiots that thought if you if you bought a couple of podcast mics, all of a sudden you could make your own podcast. Yeah, we were we were sadly mistaken. We'll see how it goes. Turns out you're actually just a couple of idiots who have podcast mics now. Yeah, we're just a bit poorer than we were when we started. All right, so what what are we doing here? Why are we Why are we starting a podcast? Yeah, well, well really, we're not going to be start we're not going to be starting a podcast to talk about player insights or analysis because you and I won't share that with each other. We don't even trade with each other, so that's true. <laughs> that is true. The level of competition is much too high between us for that. Right, but I think like ultimately. We are just two people that take fantasy way too seriously, and we assume that there's other people out there. And so we're just going to talk about the really intense parts of the game and how to make the fantasy football experience more competitive, really. Is that is that about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that about sums it up. We'll, we'll probably end up with a small community or a following that's really going to kind of recognize with what we've been through and some of the struggles that we're going to talk about. We'll talk about our specific leagues and exactly Mm -hmm. how we've set them up and kind of run through things that way. Yeah, I mean, ideal to me is this just becomes an interesting place to debate the rules around fantasy football, how to structure leagues. And we want those who are listening to write in and debate those topics with us or even ask us to debate other topics. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, we we love to debate. Um, that's pretty much what Mike lives for. So I'm, I'm just here. To, yeah. I don't know why you agree to do this with me in hindsight. I don't know. It's probably a losing battle, but in any case, I have strong opinions about fantasy football. So we'll give it, uh, all, all I got to make sure that, uh, I give you a challenge. Right. Okay. Well, so why don't we jump right in? Um, I think if we can give people anything that are listening to this, We'll start with all of the answers, and then in future episodes, we'll dissect why these are what we believe to be the right answers. So we'll run everyone through the rules that we use, and you can choose to copy these rules or not, but we strongly believe that these are the right rules to be playing with, and we're constantly tweaking our model, and we've used it for a while now with the competitive set of of people who have helped us get to where we are today. I will yeah, say but just bef- to be just to be clear up front, though, um, you know, the league that we play in wasn't born overnight. It, you know, it took a no. while to find the people that we play with now that we trust and we know they're competitive. They're most of them. I'd say 90 percent of them are equally as hard as we are. That is true. And actually, that's a good point. I didn't think about this. We should list. So we had a different core group when we first started this league. And people got ejected from that core group for various reasons. Do you remember some of the reasons why? Shady stuff. <laughs> to sum it up, there were some 
there well there was just no answer no answer received from a lot of folks about trades and um people getting annoyed that they were being bothered about fantasy football like they just couldn't some yeah. folks just couldn't be bothered with setting a lineup and being active and you don't want to play with people in fantasy football that aren't active that that's a fun sucker right so we want to we want people that are playing in our leagues to be additive and be contributing actively to the league and i've had this debate with people before where they come they come back and say well you know I've got a life, I've got other things I want to do. But my my point is, if you want to play fantasy football or any fantasy sport, play it, you know? If you want to draft and just set your team for the season, that's a completely different thing. Otherwise, you know, you're not really playing. You're, you're, you're you drafted and now you're watching. So yeah. if you don't wake up at 6 a.m. after waivers have gone through at 3 a.m. <laughs> to check if who who cleared in in a daze as you're waking up from from a long night's sleep, then you're really not playing the right the right game. Like you're yeah. you're, you're not you're not to be in our leagues, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And so the one was, you know, people not being engaged enough via trade talks, sometimes not setting their lineups. I mean, I think those are pretty standard. Um, we also have zero tolerance for auto drafting. I think no matter what anyone can do after being, after being an auto drafter, you're out. We'll get through the season. Maybe if you're lucky, but no, no, there's no coming back from an auto draft. (laughs) That's true. He was that, that member, that ex member of the league, however many years ago was ridiculed and swiftly removed thereafter. Never made another appearance. However, we should note that his team actually ended up doing not so, so bad <laughs> because which made it worse. computer in the room, which made it all the worse for all of us who cared. <laughs> I mean, I think you should earn your keep, right? So you, he did pretty well. He made the playoffs and then he lost, I think in the first round, but had he won the championship, you have an asterisk beside it, beside your name, because you didn't actually make the decisions to get you there. Ultimately, the most important decisions being the draft, right? Yeah. Anyway, let's get back on track here about like yep. the way we set up our league. So again, long tenured league, and by long tenured I mean not super long. Like, what are we in year four or five? We're going to year four. This is the first year of our new keeper format, but we'll get to that. Um, one thing I will say that has is super important if you're in a league where people feel that things are quite competitive and you're going to be using rules that are a lot more customized is you need to publish those rules and you need to have them easily accessible to everybody in the league. So we have a Facebook group. You can use what kind of whatever format you want, email, so everyone has it handy. We like the Facebook group because that means you can also update it and re-upload. We also have, I think, a Google Doc Excel sheet where everyone can track their uh, keeper decisions and their draft capital, which you can trade. And again, more on that to come, but Make sure everyone can access all the information and everyone understands everything on is on the same playing field, really. Yeah, acknowledgement up front is a big deal for not having people come back and say they didn't understand the rules later on and throwing up a fit, basically. Yep. All right, you want to kick us off? Let's get let's get let's dive straight in. Let's all hear all the answers. If you want to set up a league, and you don't know what you're doing, just copy this, and we guarantee if if you have people that are into fantasy football, this will be a good league. Auction draft. Is our is a, is the format of our draft with a budget adjusted up to four hundred dollars from the standard two hundred? Uh, the reason being is that you know we'll give you the answers later as to why this is, but it's just much better. It creates way more variability at the end of a draft because you just have more money to play with. 
Yep. There's no $1 bidding BS at the end of a draft, which is boring. Makes the, the end of the draft more interesting. Um, we also use a keeper format. So the way this works is you can keep as many players as you want. The player costs $10 more than you paid for them in the previous draft. If they were undrafted free agent, they cost $20. Uh, and what this does is it incentivizes people to look for value rather than just keeping all their stars. So I think last year, Justin Jefferson went for over $100, which is, a you know, in this format is more than 25% of your capital. Keeping them for 110 I mean, that person might keep him, but they would be paying full price. So there's little benefit other than the certainty that they get to keep Justin Jefferson. Whereas Justin Fields, on the other hand, I think was cool. $34. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, he, by the way, we use a super flex. So QBs are highly valuable. He was $34. He's going to be $44 this year. This is, you know, this is for what could be a top six. <laughs> Mike is personally twisting the knife right now. So bad backstory here, here is that I had traded for Justin Fields early on in the season when he was for lack of a better word, shit in the bed. And I held on to him through the struggle before they changed the, the game plan where they let him start to run. And I thought I was going to flip him for what I thought would be peak value before he actually started playing extremely well. And lo and behold, boy, did I sell too early. I should have just kept him. (laughs) I mean, you're downplaying this a little bit. So you kept him until you had two or three of actually good games, didn't believe that would continue, thought you were selling high, and sent him with $10. So the guy who got him basically got the cost of keeping him for Jared Goff. Anyways, we don't have to go. King, we don't have to rehash it off. It was yeah, pretty King brutal, Goff. though. I think that King was maybe Goff the worst trade up, of the season last year. I ended up riding King Goff into the sunset, though. The back half of the season was just magical for me. That was part of my championship run that I I sealed the deal with him. So. Somehow. Anyway, Somehow. moving back to our, our rules and the way we've set up our league. Um, so our waiver wire is a fab base of uh, free agent auction budget um, with a unique twist. So you get the hundred bucks, but we won't tell you about the twist up front here on this episode. You'll have to listen into that specific episode to understand the way we, we run that. Can you tell this um, guy's in sales? <laughs> I don't, you don't give it all away up front. Jeez. <laughs> it's right. a pretty good you, twist. I will, uh, if we want to tease the waiver wire episode, I think. That's a really good twist. I, I think everyone is in consensus that that we've made the waiver wire more interesting and and more equal in terms of the outcomes. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Let me quickly run through the positions we use. I don't want to spend a ton of time here. I think this is a an episode on on of itself. Uh, I mean, more preface, to come on preface, this. Preface the position piece with it's a super flex league. Yep. So it's a super flex league, which means. One quarterback position, one flex spot, which can be any position, including quarterbacks, which effectively means everyone is starting two quarterbacks every week unless they're having a brutal bye week or injuries or something to that effect. So they could actually start a different player in that spot. But realistically, you're at a huge disadvantage if you're not starting two quarterbacks every week. So we go quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end. We then have two flex spots instead of the regular one. And this is the challenge people to go and find more value and find players who maybe you have to think about the matchup they have that week or really just uncover more talent in the in the player pool. 
Then we have our super flex spot. Then we have six bench spots, which I think is more than most leagues have usually four or five. The idea here being because we do keeper, there's a little bit more space to hold on to guys you think might pay off in the future. And then I think we don't have to really get into this, but one IR, one IR plus, pretty standard stuff. The big thing that's different for us is no kickers, no D. And this is a non-negotiable topic that will never be considered again for a part of our league. And that really stems from removing randomness, but go, go ahead. Yeah, we have we have a certain member of our ongoing league that continues to ask for kickers to come back and continues to harp on it, but it won't be happening. Every year at the end of the season, we solicit new rule suggestions so the league can discuss in the offseason. Every year he asks, are we bringing kickers back? To which the answer is, not only are we not bringing them back, we are not discussing bringing them back. Yeah, but for the most part, though, you know, to be fair, we do run a democratic process for every other piece, every other rule suggestion that comes up. So there is a poll that's issued for every new every new type of rule suggestion. And we yeah, and when we did that for kickers, we did that for defense. Everyone voted, you know, saw the light, and we moved forward with a much better league as a result. So that pretty much sums up the positional piece um, on the trading front we we have a whole episode that will be dedicated to trading but just some highlights i guess of the system so no vetoing oh, we were there at one point that was bad you don't want to go there it's a deep dark place vetoes um, just we, yeah yeah we we instantly process our trades and we also as mike alluded to earlier allow uh, the trading away or acquiring of draft capital plus or minus 10 percent of your draft budget so so and bucks. that makes it interesting because now if i want to make a push for the playoffs i can give up money in next year's draft to try and get better players and if i'm out maybe i'm going to sell some good players on my team and try and just have a better pool of money to spend next year uh so it, it makes it more interesting right up to the end of the season for guys that have been eliminated from the playoffs yeah, what was that uh that one uh that one monday night football game where i was on the precipice oh. i but I, I was about to sell the farm and what it was it was Monday night in November. It was right on it was literally the trade yeah. deadline. Like the trade it deadline was, was the next day for our league. It was I think the trade deadline was that night at midnight. You and I were actually at the bar watching. It was the 49ers. I can't remember who they were playing. You had Debo on your team. And I think you were a one game under five hundred. So basically you're like, if I lose this, I'm not gonna make the playoffs. You had all these offers lined up to sell Debo, to sell, I don't know, I think you'd bought Derrick Henry at that point and you were going to resell him. And Debo just goes off in the second half. You win You win your matchup that week and you're like, shut shut I down canceled. for business. I, I canceled every offer that I was floating in an instant that I had discussed. I had two offers lined up and just crushed them both. I said, sorry. And then you go on to win. I got a shot at making a run, and then I went on and made the made the full on run to the the end. It was beautiful. That's what fantasy football is made of. It's it's a magical thing. And we haven't had a moment like that in all the years that we've been playing until this being our first. That was our first year where keeper was in play and people could move money around and be buyers or sellers. So it was interesting to see for the first time some real trade deadline drama. Uh, based on the result of that week's matchup. Some hardos wait a lifetime for a moment like that, and uh, I got it last year. It was juicy. Anyway, uh, prize money, I guess, is the next 
piece of our league. So buy-ins, do you want to do it? Yep. I, I think, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, the mount is irrelevant. What I would say is it's important that you have a m- amount of money that people somewhat care about. So we do a $100 buy-in, which I think is the most expensive league I've played in. You know, if you win, you know, you're getting a decent prize pot and you can go out for a nice dinner or whatever it is that you want to celebrate with. Uh, but make sure that it's something that people feel like they don't want to just walk away from because then I think it it can ramp up the intensity and it's also nice to win some money. Uh, that money should also be dispersed, mostly for the playoff winner. I think there's value in giving money to the season winner, but not as much. And then I don't love the idea of a consolation prize, but we do give the person who f- loses in the in the playoff finals their money back, essentially. Yeah, and then when we, we used to play redraft, we should add here that um, we had a don't be shitty uh, and don't finish in last, and you know it was the the second buy-in effectively that we made people cop to, if they really just had a poor performance. It was a way to keep people engaged all the way through the season um, when we didn't play keeper. Yeah. So what Alex is saying, you finish last, you you buy in twice. So instead of a hundred dollars, you're in for two hundred bucks at that point. The idea is just that in a redraft, if you're out, your season's over. There's not much to trade for. And we want people to stay engaged and make sure the matchups are still challenging for those who are fighting for a playoff spot until the end of the season, really. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up like the high-level rules. So I guess what you can look forward to hearing later on this season in terms of topics from us. Um, episode 2 will cover off the draft, a.k.a. Christmas Day, which is our, our favorite time of the fantasy football season. We love the draft. Aside from the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, the draft is, is juicy. And then, you know, we're going to cover roster size and some bold must-have positional takes in that respect. Um, We'll have something on selecting the right platform. So, you know, there's a lot of different um, popular platforms out there now. You've got ESPN. uh, You've got Yahoo. We personally like Sleeper a lot, but we'll go through that in a bit more detail on that show. Um, how you should do waivers, which we talked about earlier. That'll be a big one. Um, we've got keeper format and just the discussion of how, how keeper is different from a redraft or a dynasty or another type of format and why we like it. Um, we're going to have an episode that will fully cover off trading and we may have some uh, guests from our league join. And then we're going to have, um, a discussion around multiple leagues and what that can do to you <laughs> playing in too too many leagues versus having that one that you all care about and then you've got player to player communication so you know how we set up our league to facilitate good thorough communication between everybody and, and making sure that people stay engaged that way we'll have an episode that covers playoff format And then last but not least, we're going to cover off how we watch the games for maximum enjoyment as a as a group and individually. All right. So that's the list of things to come. Let's get to the good stuff. Each week, we are going to share a story or two about fellow fantasy hardos. And what we'll be doing is in the beginning, we'll crowdsource from our friends. But we do want people to write into us and share their stories And so for this week, I actually came across a story on social media that I'd like to share because I think this is amazing and really just shows how extreme some leagues can be set up and I think kind of exemplifies what it means to to be a fantasy hardo. So 
I come across a story by John Hamm. He plays in a league run by Bill Simmons, which I'm sure most listeners might be familiar with. But essentially what this league does is whoever wins gets to kick someone out of the league for the following season. And the way that they do that is everyone has to show up to the draft and then the winner points at someone and says, you're out this year and they got to get up and I mean, they can stay, but they're not playing. So they basically have 13 people in the league, 12 get to draft each year. So whoever gets kicked out obviously swaps in for the new person getting kicked out. But to me, this is like, this is kind of crazy. Your friend's got to have thick skin. Alex, like imagine that you show up to the draft or I mean, you won last year. so <laughs> I would be the one doing the I should We I show up to the draft. You. you point at me and tell me I'm not playing this year. Yeah, that would be pretty satisfying. Yeah. I, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I know you would. I know it would be satisfying. <laughs> but you got to have some good friends in order to do that. And I guess these guys probably play in multiple leagues. But uh, that to me is just, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it is. It is crazy. Like we're definitely going to get some great stories from friends and from people writing in. And that's what we're really looking forward to is hearing from other people that are really hardcore about fantasy. I mean, we've all heard the the Waffle House punishments and whatnot, but we're going to move on today here and and look to wrap up our, our first episode. We'd love to hear from all of you. So if you have an example of a time where you took fantasy sports too far, whether that's football or another sport, or you have a story of a league mate or a friend that you know that went to the extreme for the sake of fantasy sports, please feel free to write into us at fantasyhardos at gmail.com. We'll be looking to share these stories every week and uh, we can't wait to hear from all of you. Yeah, no, look, looking forward to it. Um, you know, we'll we'll take voicemails eventually, but I think to start it's going to be emails. I, I really like the other podcasts that I listen to where they do the voicemails. It's great to hear the stories like from the person who experienced them or who's sharing them sometimes. I mean, if people could witness how much you've struggled trying to get this thing set up with technology, they might think of faxing us in some of their stories at this point. This has been a disaster. (laughs) Yeah, I should just go work at the CRA um, where uh, everything is still on fax. That's where I belong, clearly. I've got a MacBook running. I've got a Windows PC. I've got an iPad. Uh, I just look confused. You are confused. Yeah, yeah, I am. Anyway, with that said, let's let's wrap it. 